1: And welcome back to um, the Thunderquack podcast, Thunderquack monthly after the fact. I don't know, I don't know, Joe. I don't know. I'm your host, Michael Cohen. With me, as always, the illustrious Joe Hogan. Hey, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. What? Well, what are we? Who are we? Who are we? What is this? Um, I I went on the Discord and I asked, should we? Uh, sh- this new monthly Thunderquack show. Should we call it the Thunderquack Podcast? Should we keep calling it after the fact, which is a choice that we made after we recorded the last episode, which is hi- uh, hi- highly coincidental and humorous to me that after the fact we made the choice to call it after the fact, uh, or should we come up with something completely new? And um, and and the response was completely inconclusive. Perfect. I, I, so. Um, so yeah, we're just, we are just, we are at this, at this juncture where uh, we got to call the podcast something, but uh, I, you know what, like, like th- this is the thing I am inclined and uh, I, I, uh, Dan slash want a pineapple on, on our discord made the point. I like Thunderquack partly because it makes sense to take the name since it's sort of similar to the previous iteration. Um, and that's, I think that's why like initially I, I had sort of thought to just call it Thunderquack monthly. Right. But, uh, honestly, I think, I think we just keep calling it the Thunderquack podcast. What is it, what like? Does it need a fancy name? I don't know. What do you think? How are you feeling I'm, about
0: it? I'm sure that if there was a clever name that we heard that we really liked, we would go yeah. with it, but we haven't. So who cares? <laughs> it's just, yeah. let's, let's keep it simple. Stupid.
1: I th- I think actually that is probably the best course of action, and as yeah. such, you know what? Here, here's the here's the thing. Here's the reason why I was reluctant in the beginning to just call it the Thunderquack podcast. Um, because a because it means nothing. I I it is just I mean like the Thunderquack is Darkwing Duck's plane. I I and that's why I just I just like Darkwing Duck a lot. Um, and that's why I called it Thunderquack. Um also thunderquack.com was available. That was the main motivating factor. Uh it was that I was able to get the URL. So that's what I did. Um But the Thunderquack podcast was Amanda and I, uh, for a long time. And so I don't know, like I felt a little bit like, oh, can I can we just like can we just take that? But um But like Amanda's not coming back to podcasting (laughs) like that's She's 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 pretty done with it. Like she'll do like a guest appearance every now and then on something like Perfect Ten. But I but you know what? I I think we're just going to call it the Thunderquack podcast because that just gives us the opportunity to do whatever the hell we want.
0: (laughs) So I would argue that uh, unless Amanda felt otherwise, I think it would be. Fitting to continue it on in her honor.
1: Yeah, I don't think she cares. Um, I don't, I, as a matter of fact, <laughs> I, it, solved yeah. For anybody who's been listening since, uh, like back in the day, I, I guarantee she doesn't care. And 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 I think that you guys know that I know Amanda pretty well that I don't even have to check. I <laughs> so at this point, you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I Amanda was over for uh for like sort of our pre Christmas. Um, cause she goes, she goes back to the Okanagan for Christmas. So she was here to hang out with the girls and give them their Christmas presents and whatnot. And they give her a Christmas present and all that. And, uh, and, and at the end of that evening, Crystal and I, I, I asked her, uh, if she was okay with, um, after basically after all, if, if all of our family is dead, <laughs> if there's nobody left and we die, uh, and the girls need a guardian, if Amanda would be there guardian and so like that's how like that is how close my friendship with amanda is i don't that's a heavy
0: conversation
1: (laughs) oh dude and the and the two of them were just like waterworks and i was like amanda we're not dying right now (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i think they were everybody was just uh relieved uh and happy to, to to have that sort of uh figured out but um yeah that's what like amanda amanda is the girl's aunt, like, like I, mm-hmm. she, I, 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 Amanda's one of my oldest friends. Like I, I don't have to check with her with a lot of things. I know what she's going to say. As a matter of fact, I think Amanda would tell you that I, I usually know how she's going to react to things like faster than she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah, so I think she'll be all right. She won't That care. Um, she's not sentimental in that way. I don't think. Um, So yeah, we're the Quack podcast. That's what we are. Alright. Uh, it's just going to be the Thundercrack podcast
0: from now Said on. Said with so. certainty now. Uh,
1: cool. Well, let's let's get into uh, let's get into so we're, we're going to have a big topic. We're going to talk about the Game Awards. We're going to talk about sort of uh, you and I, our Game of the Year conversation for video games. But Before we do that, I actually just wanted to talk uh, really quickly about um, something really cool that happened over the course of the last two weekends in the box office, which is that uh, the first two weeks of December, the number one movie was a Japanese produced uh, uh, film, feature film. So um, the Rad. first week was Godzilla Minus One, which is <laughs> phenomenal. Oh, my God, is it an amazing movie? It is one of the best movies uh, that I've seen in a long time. It is my pick for like movie of the year it was incredible and very little of that review has anything to do with the fact that Godzilla is in it um which says a lot because I am a huge Godzilla fan uh pun intended I guess um but this movie is a great movie regardless of the fact that it happens to be about a giant dinosaur monster destroying Tokyo. um, There's a, there's a, an incredible, incredible human story at the heart of it. That, uh, that I think is actually like, I think in the year 2023 is hugely important. Um, And I think, I think both for Japan as well as for North America, for the Western world, I think it's a story that's super, super important to be told about post-war Japan, post-World War II Japan. Um, and a perspective that I, that, that I would say the vast majority of North Americans are completely ignorant to. Um, so the fact that they, they wrap that in uh, the, the delicious candy coating of a giant monster um, stomping on on Tokyo uh it's just uh it, it it couldn't be better i this is this is what i live for right is when genre storytelling can get to like a real human story like something that that actually matters something that moves the needle culturally but then deliver it to us with that spoonful of sugar uh that that we love which in this instance is is godzilla um but it's like when star wars does it when the marvel cinematic universe does it when dc manages every once in a while to pull it off um like I would say birds of prey is an example of that um then uh, even even James Gunn's Suicide Squad I would say is an example of that cuz there's a good there's a there's a there's a heart to that story um I but yeah I like that's what I live for so the I, I am so glad that the movie is as good as it is I am unbelievably like over the moon elated that so many people have gone to see this film um, Hmm. in, in North America, in, in the Western market, but like the global box office is, is massive um, for, for a film like this, which is awesome. It's awesome for Godzilla. It's awesome for, uh, for, for Kaiju movies in general. Um, It's, it's so, so awesome for Japan. Um, And, and I think it's a huge win. And not to be too hyperbolic, but I really feel like it's a it's sort of a turning of the tide in in the, the culture war that we're in at the moment, because there's been a lot of xenophobia, a lot of mm. anti Asian rhetoric around covid, obviously, that 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 happened um, that has died down, but has not gone away. Um, and so to see something out of Japan dominate in this way um uh, is 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 really really cool and then it was followed up this past weekend with the latest uh, Hayao miyazaki studio ghibli film uh, the boy mm-hmm. and the heron taking the number one spot and godzilla sitting in number two sitting pretty in number two like the number one and number two movies in the first week of December, which is like it's holiday movie going season, right? Um, this is usually the zone where we're looking for things like, I mean, like there's a Hunger Games movie in the theaters. There's, uh, you know, Wait, sometimes
0: what? a Star Wars movie. Uh, oh, okay. Thing. In general, I was like, there's a new Hunger Games movie?
1: No, there is a new Hunger Games movie that came out weeks ago. <laughs> you Wait, don't know what? that? No. Yeah, yeah. I, I, a prequel. Uh, the uh, oh, all uh, right. Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes or something like that. I can't remember what the title is
0: exactly. It <laughs> okay, sounds but like a uh, Game of Thrones book title. Yeah, yeah, oh it totally does.
1: But um yeah, it's like the prequel about about President Snow and about like not it's not like the first Hunger Games, but it's like it's it's his first involvement with the Hunger Games and how he changed the Hunger Games. I haven't seen it yet. I want to. It looks fantastic and I and I've heard good things, but um but it's probably one of those ones that I'll have to end up waiting for streaming just just because kids make it hard to go out to the movies, but um, yeah, like there's that. There's a there's a, a a Disney movie in the theaters right now. Like there is there is stuff to go see, um, and I I two Japanese movies taking over the box office to me is like it's so unexpected, but so so welcome. So I'm I'm so excited for what this means for the future because it it, i think it it's kind of proving a bit of box office viability for these types of things um and i and i saw godzilla minus one in imax which was like wow i (laughs) it was so good um in imax i hear that like the 40x is also an incredible experience that that's totally worthwhile um but yeah, man I, I, I what what's your what's your familiarity with with the Godzilla franchise? We never really talked about kaiju stuff.
0: So. I mean, I'm familiar-ish. I've seen all of the um, like the modern ones. Yeah. Godzilla is fun for me. I'm not like I don't have any merch or anything like that. Like I have no yeah. real. Um, I wouldn't say I'm part of the fandom, but like I enjoy those movies. But. Uh, so my fiance Tina and I every Wednesday as our kind of like, we're going to hang out and go on a date or do something that we want to do every single Wednesday. So tomorrow we have not decided yet, but we are actually either going to see Godzilla or uh, boy in the Herod. Um, yeah. Cause she is crazy about studio Ghibli. Uh, I mean, I am too, but like, she's a, like a huge, 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 huge fan of that stuff. Um, and I mean, I, I really enjoy them too. And anytime those movies show up and, uh, and the Alamo draft house near us, like we always just go. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the only thing that that kind of sucks though is Godzilla's not playing there, which is crazy. Cause like they usually have everything playing there. So it's not playing in an IMAX on Staten Island. So we're probably not going to go to Manhattan tomorrow if we do see it, but we are going to go to a theater that we don't really love going to. Um, but I kind of want to see Godzilla more than I want to see Boy and the Heron. But I hmm. I don't really care. I am I'm, I'm would be happy seeing either one because they both look really cool. Um, But yeah, so I'm just I'm excited to see both. I plan on seeing both before they leave theaters. Yeah, um, I just I have no idea which one <laughs> we're gonna which see one's first. going first. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. I mean, it's it's it was it was not something that was really even on my radar. I mean, Godzilla minus mm. one kind of came out of nowhere for me. Um, and that's funny the the weekend that it premiered, the trailer drops for Godzilla. I guess I guess it's Godzilla cross Kong. Like it's it's like there. It's not versus this time, right? Last time it was Godzilla versus Kong. This time it is a straight up Avengers team up between the two of them um which like hell yeah <laughs> i uh i love all of the 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 modern american ones as well yeah. so
0: yeah they're cool. um, I, don't, I don't know if you knew this but um a buddy of mine christy who is a star Wars artist which is how yeah. you know uh anyone who listens might know where where they might know him from um he was actually a vfx artist on uh godzilla king of monsters and he worked on many many effect shots of like you know explosions and fires and particle effects and all that stuff and he did such a good job that they imported a lot of his systems and work that he did for uh godzilla versus khan so even though technically he didn't work on that movie his work is featured in both movies yeah yeah that's
1: awesome Um, pretty neat he should get royalties for that VFX union. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't think he does, but.
1: <laughs> nope, he should. I'm, I'm saying that I know he doesn't. Mm. I'm saying that he should. I'm saying that well. like if he created something and then they used it there. Um, yeah, that, that's what is is. Uh, we're just just making a case for a VFX union. That's that would I mean. be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um Awesome. Yeah, I, I can't wait for more Godzilla stuff. I mean, like I am I have been a huge Godzilla fan since nineteen ninety eight, since the Matthew Broderick movie. Um, which is listen, I acknowledge it's terrible. It's an atrocious yeah, it's film. It's fun though. But I love the hell out of yeah, it. It's a fun movie. I love the hell out of
0: it. So I, I love all those uh Roland Emmerich disaster movies. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. Shameless. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know me. Independence Day is like one of my favorite movies yeah. ever, but yeah, that's good. Stuff. So uh, real, yeah. real quick. Uh, yeah. without spoiling anything, because like I said, we are going to see it very soon. Is this a kind of like standalone Godzilla movie? Is this a sequel? Is this a prequel? Is this like a new universe? Like, what's?
1: Yeah, bare it bones is, cliff notes answer. Yeah, it is. It is standalone. So, All right. um, the so first Godzilla
0: altogether for this yeah. Godzilla.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah. The the original Godzilla, I believe, is nineteen 1950- fifty. D six, mm. I think it's nice. 19- I mean, I don't
0: 86. know. I'm I'm in acknowledgement, yeah. not not confirmation. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have no idea.
1: And and is contemporary to that time period, right? Like it's a, it, okay. I think it's meant to yeah. to take place in that time period. This movie takes place. I mean, like the the opening of the film is during World War Two, and then oh, and then cool. the rest of the film is um is is sort of in in the the years after world war Two, so like we are like firmly in post-war japan and dealing with the fallout quite literally the fallout of of hiroshima and uh, uh i nagasaki i think it's nagasaki. yes yes um and more importantly just like this like sort of the state of things even in in, in tokyo which was bombed pretty heavily and and uh, i i not the sprawling metropolis that it is now, but sort of like, like in the there, there's a lot of the story is about the rebuilding. Um, and then Godzilla comes in and just kind of ruins a lot of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. really changes a lot of things. So, um, yeah, so it, it is, but, but it is a fresh start. It is a new cool. Godzilla. Right. There are for, even for old school Godzilla fans like myself, cause like I started with the, 1998, Roland Emmerich, Matthew Broderick, Godzilla. But mm-hmm. because of that, got deep into it, um, and and I've watched. I wouldn't say that I've watched all of the Godzilla films. That's ridiculous. There are like sixty of them. Um, <laughs> but but like sort of like the old, like the old school mainline ones. I've I've watched, in in particular, like the original and stuff, um, and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, which is mm. my favorite
0: of the classics. Oh, okay. Um, so were you uh, like pumped when Mechagodzilla showed up and oh dude like the new one
1: <laughs> the tw- like with the twist of of Mechagodzilla being in 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 Godzilla versus Kong yes yeah yes as it like started to build towards that and I was like no 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 way no way and the fact they, that because it- they
0: kept that under wraps right I didn't really yeah. watch any of the trailers I just watched yeah. the movie and like oh okay cool.
1: Yeah. And it came out, it came out during, during COVID. Right. So like, mm-hmm. that was like December, 2020. Right. Yeah.
0: It was like straight so, to HBO. So it, yeah, it like, was, oh, a, cool. it was a home
1: okay. release sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, like I was, I sat by myself that day. I took the day off work the day that it came out <laughs> um, so that I could watch it while everybody else was at school and daycare and whatever Um, everybody was gone. And I had the house to myself, so I I watched it and like it got to the end and I was like we were getting up to that part where you start to and then you start to figure out that like like that it that they stole the idea from Pacific Rim of like it needs more than one brain in order to in order to function like like sort of and they're like they're uh so they 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 basically like used one of the heads of Ghidorah and all of that and it's just like oh my god like it just I was like, "This is perfect. This is so perfect. This is so incredible." I the thing about the new movies, and and the first one is, I think people have this attitude about it. I don't want to talk too much about this because this is what the next off the record is going to be about. Because I'm going to go movie by movie, but um, with my impressions of them. But um, I the thing that I love about it. So many people are like, "Oh, they got too silly." Is like that first one was serious. It was true to the original, and 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 they should have stayed like that. And I'm like, I'm sitting over here going like, that's, but that's not how Godzilla works. Like that was how Godzilla did. Like, like the, the the trajectory that the the um the the Gareth Edwards 2014 Godzilla f- franchise, the MonsterVerse as as it's dubbed, has taken is. Exactly the same as the trajectory of the original Godzilla films, yeah. which is that the first one comes out. It's a very serious, very sci-fi, um, uh, social message type of story about what we're doing to the planet, right? And then, and then it's a big success and everybody loves it and everybody says that it's a great movie. So they make a sequel and the sequel ups the ante and then it ups the ante and then it ups the ante until the point that you get like Godzilla has a son and there's monster Island where all the monsters that get defeated by Godzilla go to live. Um Because like, we don't want to get rid of them. We want to be able to use these, these suits again in another movie. And then aliens come down and the aliens are the ones who build Mecha Godzilla, right? Like that, like it just, like, it gets it gets progressively more and more ridiculous, which is the way that this Godzilla Kong universe is going. Mm. Um, and, like, what they've said about this new one is that, like, there are entire... They call them titans. They don't call them kaijus. So there's in titan, entire titan battle sequences that have no humans in them whatsoever. Right? Because there's, like, the whole underground world mm. thing. And so there's going to be, like, these massive battles I think between Godzilla Kong and, and this, uh, the, the, The this scar ape king guy and whatever, and I'm just like, Yeah, like, let's go. I'm so down (laughs) for it. And then you, like, you put Monarch on top of that, which is the TV series, which, which I I have to, I have to get caught up on before next week so that I can talk about that in in totality. But, um, it's a really, really, really good time to be a Godzilla fan, (laughs) like, um, and the fact that Kong is like mixed in there as well as like all of these other characters of like Rodan and, and, um, and Ghidorah and Mechagodza, all of this stuff. It's like, yeah, if you're a fan of this stuff, it's a really, really good time to be a fan. And there, there are kind of two camps, right? Because you've got the people who are like obnoxious purists. It's like every fandom, right? It's like, oh, oh yeah. no, it's not the original. It's like, go back and watch those Yeah, Yeah, watch they're the originals, man. Like, but they're bad. Like, they're bad movies. Like, like across the board, they're pretty bad movies, right? Um, I, they are historically important films like godzilla is a historically important film and it is good for the time but like the sequels are progressively worse and worse and worse and worse and worse to the point that like godzilla is doing like flying kicks and i mean like there are gifts of godzilla surfing like these are these are from these are from feature films that were released in japan okay yeah. that have been dubbed in in north america so um Yeah. Like, like the Godzilla for people to be precious with the Godzilla franchise to me is one of those things where it's like, then like you, it's, it, this is the no true Scotsman type thing, but it's like, it's like, you want to call yourself a true fan, a true fan of Godzilla goes, Oh, his spines light up pink this time. Buckle up. Like ticket sold. (laughs) Kong's got a big robot hand or like, like gauntlet thing looking like Thanos. Uh yeah, I'm down. They're gonna fight a bunch of other uh kongs underground where with the with the weird dinosaur monsters. Like, listen, there is uh uh there 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 is nothing wrong with anything that I just said. It is all delicious popcorn flick fodder for me. So I like I am so down for this next movie. Um. Uh, and and yeah, and and then like Monarch, it, Monarch is very serious. Like Monarch is very self-serious. It's like the 2014 film, but it is also like a connective tissue between that and Kong Skull Island, and mm-hmm. and and the other stuff that's going on. Like so, um, like building out that universe, like it, like literally, literally, we have the best of all three worlds here, where we have like the serious. Modern Godzilla stuff. We've got an, an incredible, beautiful new Japanese Godzilla movie, and we've also got these ridiculous popcorn uh, blockbuster tentpole Godzilla movies. Like, like the only thing that's missing is a really, really good animated series with Godzilla. There is a there is a Kong Skull Island uh, uh, animated series um, that is kind of eh. It's not it's not really my jam. I couldn't get yeah, into it, yeah. but um, but but I it is part of the, 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 I don't know if it's canon canon, but it's a, it's, it's kind of like Camp Cretaceous with the Jurassic movies, right? Where it's like, it's like Camp Cretaceous is not important, except the fact that like, if you watch it, you're like, Oh, a lot of Dominion makes way more sense. If you've watched all of Camp Cretaceous because Camp Cretaceous actually like did a lot of the world building that Dominion doesn't bother to get into. It's, Mm. it's, it's pretty amazing actually. And oh, uh, all, all, along those lines, just a quick segue, uh, there's a new Jurassic series coming out that is a sequel to Camp Cretaceous with with uh, um, some of those characters coming back. So uh, if you were a fan of Camp Cretaceous as we are in this household, uh, that's something to be excited about as well because that show show was actually, I mean, Camp Cretaceous was better than any of the new movies, <laughs> the new Jurassic movies. Um I only I'll only give the newer movies a pass because we get Camp Cretaceous as a result, um, mm-hmm. and, and it's totally worth it for that fact because it's a fantastic show um, about kids stuck on Isla Nublar, uh, post Jurassic World. Uh, uh, it it's so good. Camp Cretaceous is awesome. Uh yeah, I think that that's all the, that's all the news that I've got right now that I
0: wanted to talk about. <laughs> All right,
1: <laughs> you got? Do you have any? You have any any follow up on anything that I just? I said? Got, I like, got nothing
0: to answer. Nothing, I, I have yeah. not watched any of that stuff. So yeah, yeah. I figured.
1: Um, cool. Let's get let's get into a topic that you can contribute right. to, which is uh, the game awards were last week, and uh, uh, let's start off with this. Um, stop calling them the game awards. Yeah.
0: that'd be a good start
1: if you won't let the people responsible for these masterpieces have more than 45 seconds to thank all of the people involved in, in bringing these things to fruition um then what are we doing like what are we what are we wasting our time for um i know that most people probably don't care about the awards show components of it but for me I absolutely care more about the award show component than I do about the trailers, the trailers you can just drop online at any point, right? Like they don't need to be, Mm. I, I part of a big show in my opinion, but like, and like, I'm like, I think that it's fun to do it that way, but not at the expense of this opportunity that these people who are like previously like behind the scenes, type folks right for them to get up and 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 talk i mean like several of the major awards were given out like off screen like like at a different point in time yeah. um some of them were given away during the pre-show like
0: yeah i just in in shotgun succession
1: yeah and to me it's like i, I don't know like if if we want to do like a summer games fest winter showcase like that. Cool. Awesome. Like, let's do that. Right. That's just trailers and stuff like that. That's totally fine. Here's all the stuff that's coming in the next year. Um, you know, it's the holiday season. Let's get hyped about everything that's coming out in March. Cause that's a big window now for game releases. There's like sort of that February, March, uh, April window. Um, and then and then games fest in in the summer like we should have summer game fest and we should have winter games fest and then we should have the game awards like it it should be it should be three separate things and the game awards should really just have like like four or five massive announcements to keep people watching the show right but but i i think that it should be focused if it's if i'm going to sit there for 3 hours um i want to hear from these professionals in the industry and 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 especially on the heels of a year where a lot of people have been treated very disrespectfully by these studios um with layoffs and and just sort of the the general state of the industry with crunch and all that sort of thing i'm like i like i just don't think it was a good look i don't think it was a good look Mm. to be like Okay, you guys won game of the year. Now shut up. Go away. Right? Like, we have a trailer to show you for something. Like, that's not I don't know. I don't know. If the Academy Awards blazed through I I like like the visual effects awards so that they could show you a trailer for the next Star Wars. I think that we'd all as much as we wanted trailer for the next Star Wars, I think we'd all be really, really put off by it i think we'd be like that was super disrespectful why would they do that so i don't know why the games where it felt like we were finally getting to a place where video games were being acknowledged in the same way that we would acknowledge film and television with something like the golden globes or or the academy awards and and the tgas are starting to get there and then i feel like this is just a massive massive step backwards um yeah, that's my feeling on it. What What about you?
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. While while you were talking about this, I was trying to find a thread that I saw on Reddit a few days ago that I meant to save and I didn't. Somebody actually did the math on how much time was uh, awards, how much time was trailers, and how much time was um, like celebrity presenters just like talking about whatever and the amount of like i don't want to give incorrect numbers but like the amount of time for trailers was overwhelmingly more than actually yeah. letting people have a thank you speech um really crazy really really crazy um also i don't know if you saw the uh the the weird little falling out that uh independent devs at EA had over the call of duty joke that Christopher judge made. Are you familiar oh, with no. that? No. Yeah. Uh, they took it really, really personally that Christopher judge made a joke. So basically Christopher judge uh, last year gave a nine minute long uh, acceptance speech, which was great. He deserved a a platform and it was, it was, I think a, like a good speech. But a lot of people feel like it went on too long, and mm-hmm. this year he opened up, uh, basically poking fun at himself. Like as soon as he started talking, he was he was um, asked to present best performance to you know this year's winner, and as soon as he started talking, they started playing the like the music to signal like hey, wrap it up, get out of here, yeah. and like it was funny. It was a funny gag. Like it was oh okay, he's 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 got this you know he's poking fun of himself, and then his next joke after that was fun fact. Uh, my speech last year was actually uh, longer than this year's call of duty campaign. And it got a laugh. And, it, but like at the same time, like there's two parts to that joke, right? Like, yes, you're making fun of call of duty, but he's still making fun of himself for having yeah. a speech. That's too long. Dude, th- there was like three or four call of duty devs this year that immediately went to Twitter and we're like, Oh, how can you do this? A colleague of ours when we're supposed to be elevating ourselves and then, like one one person was saying, like, "Oh, you know, it, it, it's easy to say, uh, you know, I, I bet our game has more engagement than than your game than God of War yeah. once it's once people are finished playing God of War." And it was just like all these like really reactionary, yeah, just passive aggressive, butthurt hurt comments from these <laughs> people, and it was just like if you're so offended that your campaign is being called short your campaign is probably short yeah like yeah. have a
1: sense of humor give me a break um i mean it is short because i think that i've heard that you can beat it in like t- two and a half to four hours like like that that's oh, the they that, the, like, like it like it's not much of a campaign so um but listen but like those are the multiplayer
0: thing. games who cares yes yeah.
1: Yeah, they wouldn't be reacting that way if they weren't self-conscious about it. That's like, that's to me, like sort of when you do that, when you have that sort of a reaction, you're saying more about yourself than you are about uh, than you are about the person who's who made the joke. Right. Because I I do. It was a good joke. It's good. That's good comedy. Right. Um, I and it's also like, listen, like your call of duty relax you sold (laughs) millions of copies like nobody's nobody's now like well cancel my pre-order first of all the game's already out like 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 the like the big numbers are done already right like it, it like like this is this is the state of of the gaming industry right now where it's like first week sales are the vast majority of sales for the, for most games, particularly triple a. Right. So like, that's why you see like never, never pay full price for an Ubisoft game. We've talked Mm -hmm. about this, I think where it's like, because they are going to slash that thing two weeks after it's out because everybody who was going to buy it at full price, pre-ordered it and they, they bought it on week one like that, like they did it. Everybody else is a straggler, right? Um, uh, we talked actually we talked about this a little bit on on the last episode of Force Perspectives that that idea of like the early adopter thing right <clears throat> so it's like the same rules apply here where it's like that, that those early adopters are 5% mm-hmm. like it's not it is not a big it is not a big chunk the majority of people that are going to buy your product are going to buy it wait until it's on discount um I, but but like those big numbers for for video games um they happen they like like the because we're talking about revenue right like the big numbers happen in the first in the first two weeks right and then and then everything else after that is like is like get 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 people um uh, like on the long tail of it in order to do that you got to slash prices you got to you, you got to put stuff on sale if if that's your focus right um and then you'll see indie games will will have sort of the opposite uh, sort of thing where like they'll come out nobody knows what it is but then like five people with platforms will say this game is great go buy it um and then and then you'll see a spike right but yeah. you know, in the middle um and then it'll trail off again but like that's like that is the nature of of game sales is that like by the time that christopher judge is making that joke Like it's done. It's done. Call of duty is done for the year. And that's why, like, this is why call of duty. And, um, I, I, I mean, it used to be, what, what was the, what was the other one? Battlefield used to be and, and Assassin's Creed and stuff like that's why they're annual franchises. Right. Um, it was because like, they're like these companies are chasing that, that revenue spike. Um, and a lot of other companies have have learned over the years, oh if you have games as service type stuff, microtransactions, whatever, and you keep people in there over the over the long tail like then then you have more steady revenue stream but yeah it, it like like that that you're totally right it's just like reactionary right yeah um this idea of like how how dare you make fun of our game at the game awards yeah, call of duty, whatever.
0: Call of Duty right. already has the reputation it has, whether or not Christopher Judge makes one oh, passing yeah. cheeky comment at the Game Awards. Like, yeah. give me a break. Yeah.
1: No. Um Yeah, and like those of us who are laughing at that joke the hardest, we're not buying Call of Duty anyway. So right.
0: <laughs> we already you didn't he didn't change any hearts and minds that day. No.
1: No, I, he didn't, he didn't even move the needle. It's yeah. As a matter of fact, I would say that their reaction probably did more to sound yep. the people on the call of duty franchise. I agree. Than anything that Christopher judge did. Cause I think, I think if anything, like if Christopher judge punches up at call of duty in that way, um, the biggest franchise in gaming, right. I, uh, I, I, I think that some people will go like, Oh yeah. Call of Duty's out. I should try that. <laughs> right. Like that's, yeah. That's why, that's what's going to happen off of that. But then you come off and you get all petulant about it. I think that people are going to go, well, then fine. I'm not even going to play your two and a half hour yeah. campaign, right? Like, if this I, is how you guys I, are going to act, I'll go play God of War again.
0: I all think right? the reaction, if you were even going to react to it. I mean, honestly, yeah. probably the smartest reaction was just to ignore it. But if you were going to react to it, I think the best way to have done it was, ah, ha, ha, you got us. Anyway, hey, here's some free DLC. as 10 points or double XP weekend for every, you know what I mean? Like just acknowledge it, roll with it. And Hey, by the way, here's the thing, like take that press and make a good press.
1: It's it's, it is one of those things. Like it depends on who's doing the talking, right? Because if you're high up in that, in that, um, company in that structure, that and you're saying this stuff then like that's all like you have messed up if you're just like one of like the 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 devs and you're just on reddit yeah. yelling at people it's like well like ea can't control that okay. um i is it ea called Duty? Is ea yeah, yeah 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 um but uh yeah like i don't know like like but but yeah you're right like ea should have like made lemonade out of that lemon like mm. like absolutely because they had the opportunity like that was a that it it is actually like a textbook case for for a good pr spin i'm like yeah like you guys got us but you know what like that's not what we're here for we're here for the we're here for for multiplayer so like double xp weekend it's, yeah it's, it's on the house sort of thing right like oh yeah. here everybody Absolutely. everybody have this this you know god of war inspired skin so that you can all shoot christopher <laughs> judge right like like do something do something funny like 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 jab back in yeah. that fun way not get upset right But yeah. anyways let's um let's let's talk about some of the winners yeah um cool. So uh, let's start. Let's start with the most important one. I think this is what's on. Everybody's waiting for us to talk about esports player of the year. Uh, Going (laughs) to Faker? No. Listen, I get esports as a whole thing. I don't know how many people listening to this are in the esports ecosystem i think i do not think we have a lot of crossover um i know there's a there's a bunch of these awards where i'm like yeah it's okay that you skip those but it's also not okay, like
0: so let me let me ask you yeah because yeah. th- that's kind of what i wanted to touch on so we agree obviously that the devs and uh you know uh, uh composers and all of these people who you know poured their blood sweat and tears into these games we agree that they deserve a voice. They should have their moment in the spotlight to, yeah. you know, uh, give their thanks and show their appreciation and, and a lot of times humility towards, you know, being part of this, you know, kind of elite group of people who put out these, you know, legendary games essentially. Yeah. But then you have these awards that are, you know, esports coach and stuff like, and, yeah. and influencer of the like. I don't want to say do those matter as much. Do you feel like those are even. Cause me personally, I feel like there could be better. Award categories than there are. Like there are plenty that make sense, but I also think that there's a few lacking. Like I wish there was, you know, um, maybe like a remake category. So there weren't like, a... like resident evil four super Mario RPG. There were like, how many remakes this year? Like, yeah. a remake category. Like, put the spotlight on some games that wouldn't really have a chance versus, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I wish there was yeah, more in, of in, that, yeah, more it, diversity in the categories. And less. Do do you, okay, I, I know I'm kind of, like, going in yeah. circles here. Do you feel like stuff like esports should be acknowledged at this type of event? Or do you feel like this is the, the game creators, not just content creators event?
1: I think that eSports and influencers should be a part of presenting at the show right okay. as part of the culture because the the purpose of the purpose of having those awards in the show is to bring in that audience I think mm-hmm. you do a better job bringing in that audience by giving those people a platform um, okay. so bringing those influencers in to I mean Keeley hosts every year I I I get that it's his thing. I also feel like Keely should come out, do a monologue at the beginning or something like that. And then there should be like more presenters.
0: Yeah. Right? Like E3, E3 part yeah. of the fun of E3 is you never know who's going to like show up. And you know what I mean? Like other than these, his celebrity best friends, like we know Kojima's going to be there every single year yeah. talking about yeah. whatever the hell he's game. That's weird for the sake of being weird. <laughs>
1: um, Yeah. But yeah, I I think I think those esports and influencers should should be part of that. I think I think like like esports player and esports coach like like I do think that they deserve awards shows. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I like I, I think that they deserve their own awards for those things that are on the same level as the TGAs. But I think that it's such a it's such a different culture than. Those of us who are just playing games versus those right. of us who are like spectating and in, in competitive gaming, um, and then I, and then I think beyond that, it's like like what does that mean? Like like esports player of the year, right? Because it's like how do
0: you measure that?
1: Like okay, so like a Street Fighter Six player versus a Valorant player versus a Starcraft Two player, right? Like these I mean, are Smash wildly Planet different Wire, disciplines. Yeah. Right, yeah. so esports to me should have its own awards show. It should have its own night, and it probably does. I'll, I'll, i bet if we looked into it, it there's probably something, something that exists um, for that audience. But and that because those people deserve to be recognized. It is a sport. Like it is like these these people are legit. Like the best of the best. Their brains and and uh, uh, bodies are connected in a way that you and I as as lifelong gamers could never achieve. Right. right? So there is a there is an excellence to that whole aspect, but like, is it? Does it? Should it? Should it be the same night that we are talking about the people who make the games? I don't think so. I I think that those are two separate things. But they should still be involved. They should still be part of the night. But but I yeah I really feel like
0: gatekeep anybody from it or anything like that.
1: I feel like Keely needs to to pass the ball a little bit more and not because yeah. it is a little bit like this and Summer Games Fest are like the Jeff Keely shows. And it's like, yeah. listen, I like Jeff Keely. I, I think that what he's done for the industry has been awesome. I think that he's a he's a massive, massive supporter of games and a huge um, advocate for for recognizing this stuff. Um, I think that's great. I don't think he's the best host. I like yeah. I, I. think he's fine. I think he does a competent job. I'll tell you. I think Greg Miller would do a hell of a better job. Oh, hosting a show.
0: that'd be awesome,
1: right? Like, cause I like I am a I am a massive Greg Miller fanboy. So like you know, but like I would rather I would rather see him and Jessica Chobot yeah. <laughs> hosting I, the I Game like,
0: Awards. Um, Max Scoville too. He's good.
1: Yeah, Max Scoville is also awesome, right? Um, like like there there are other personalities in the industry that I think would do a much better job hosting an award show than
0: um
1: then then jeff Keeley. Um, i
0: i really liked adam Sessler, but i i don't i don't know what's going on i just heard he kind of went off the deep end recently yeah. i don't really know anything about it uh, i think it had to do with all the g4 stuff um, yeah that's a whole
1: other thing right but but i but yeah like like i i just i think i think there's a there's a rather than having like these like three random celebrities come out because they've got games to pitch you. I
0: I, um, I was complaining to you the entire time we were watching every time the next celebrity came out. Like, Oh, here we go. The same plastic speech. Like, Oh, I was really impressed by this game. No, you weren't. They came to you with a lot of money and you said yes. And now you're contractually obligated to be on the stage to talk to me about this game. So let's just, forget the fake passion behind this and, and move on with it. Yeah.
1: There's a thing, there's this thing where they have to like prove their cred, right? Like, it's yeah. like, Oh no, I'm a gamer since back in the day. I love Mario's. Pond and it's grace. like, okay. yeah, I, I, yeah, no, I'm like, yeah. So I, less of that stuff, more of the actual awards, more of the actual yeah. devs. I think, I, I think it would be really great. But and, yeah.
0: And I love like, trailer like e3 was my christmas is i would take off from work for e3 i love like oh man we're gonna get like two three four hours of trailers today i'm excited i will stop what i'm doing i'll watch it live i love that stuff but it's just weird to me that for the game awards it's just trailers featuring some awards yeah yeah
1: totally um so let, let let's let's get back into the awards themselves. So I'm going to I'm I've got this list that's just from Google. I'm just going to go from the bottom and we'll end with game of the year. Uh so and then we'll, and then you and I will talk about what our game of the year is. Cool. Um our, what our games of the year are, I don't know. We'll, we'll see we'll see how it shakes out. We didn't really prep before this. We just kind of had a well, short conversation. Well, <laughs> but okay. I
0: have a spreadsheet that oh, dude, basically okay. catalogs every single game that I've beaten over the last like 10 years. Okay. Like, as I beat them, I put that it's, on. It's from yeah. my backlog. So, and I score them. So, I'm just going to look at my top scored ones for the year and be like, yeah, okay, it'll be this one.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Joe doesn't have kids prepared. Uh, I sure don't. <laughs> my sure spreadsheet. My spreadsheet sure about video games. Cool. <laughs> uh, I, I had to get up at six o'clock in the morning today to get ready to take the girls to the dentist at 8 a.m. Mm. I that's that's i don't have time for spreadsheets um okay let's start action adventure uh legend of zelda tears of the kingdom not a big surprise not a big surprise absolutely deserve that one um yeah i will talk about zelda at the end of this i'm sure uh games for impact a game called chia one which is a, a, a really really cool game um that people should check out but uh but yeah that games for impact that's a that's a cool award and i think it deserves a little bit more fanfare than what it got. Um, action game went to armored core six, which kind of like was announced and then came out. And then I, like, I guess it was good. Cause here it's winning action game of the year. But, um, but I really haven't heard anybody talk about this game very yeah. much. Um, Role playing game obviously went to Baldur's gate three. I like, we're going to see a, a, a pretty big sweep from Baldur's gate three. Uh, across this um art direction went to alan wake 2 this was one where i was a little i was actually a little bit surprised that this went to alan wake 2 because i feel like alan wake 2 from what i've seen looks a lot like a survival horror game it doesn't yeah, look like it's doing like anything particularly dark. interesting yeah i would have rather seen this gone to hi-fi rush which which i uh, brought back an aesthetic um, that I think we're going to see a lot of in the next little bit with the cell shaded anime stuff, mm-hmm. um, with the, the announcements of that new, uh, jet set radio. Um, we had, uh, um, bomb, bomb rush funk guys or something. I can't remember what the name of the game is, <laughs> but there's like a jet set, uh, uh, inspired game that bomb rush cyber funk. I think that's what the game's called. Um sure. I might just be making that <laughs> up. But th- I we're seeing a little bit of a resurgence of that stuff. And I and I think that I think Hi Fi Rush came out of nowhere and was like, holy crap, look at this game. Um so I don't know. I personally that would have been my my pick. Uh family game went to Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Sure. Um I actually think that like I, I, I don't know when the cutoff was for the nominations. Um, but the bluey video game came out this year. And I, if you're going to ask me what the best family game of 2023 is, um, I, that's, that's what I would, that's what I would have put, but, um, but I, it wasn't even nominated. So I, I imagine that it didn't, didn't make it into the cutoff, uh, studio slash game direction went to remedy for Alan wake two. Um, and then I, I, th- that's why did this is in here twice epic games for Alan wake two as well. Uh, the studio slash game direction. I don't know why that's in there twice. Hmm. Esports game went to Valorant. Sure. Indie, indie game went to Sea of Stars. I think you and I are both in agreement on that one.
0: Yeah.
1: Sea of Stars is an incredible game, an incredible triumph. Uh, I, so yeah, I that one makes total sense. I already made the joke about Esports player. Um, anticipated game for next year's Final Fantasy VII Rebirth.
0: Um, I agree I'm, with uh, that one. Yeah, not, You're not going to get an
1: argument from me. I think that that's pretty unanimous across the industry. Uh, narrative went to Alan Wake too. That makes sense to me because that is all that Alan Wake is, right? Yeah. I mean, like there is gameplay and, and I'm sure that it's fun to play, but when people talk about Alan Wake, what they're talking about is narratives yeah. and yeah. Um, it is literally a narrative about narrative. So, you know, uh, yeah, I'll give it to that multiplayer game went to Baldur's gate three. This one I'm going to go ahead and say is controversial for me because all I heard about the multiplayer for Baldur's gate three is how much it pissed people off because it, when the game launched, if you started a multiplayer game with your friends, it treats it like a and D campaign. And it's like, well, if you want to play this, your friends also have to be with you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So like you start a multiplayer game with, to other people now every time you go to play which i guess is true to the experience of dD which is like well, we started strong we went three weeks in a row and now no one's schedule is working out so right. i guess we just <laughs> abandoned this campaign um i don't know like all i heard was people complaining about the multiplayer whereas like i w- i would say that games like fortnite and destiny are doing a better job of of being a multiplayer game but whatever um Mobile game went to Honkai Star Rail.
0: I yeah. don't even know what that is. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't yeah, it's games. Genshin I no Impact,
1: idea. but it's turn based uh, okay. instead of sure. being uh, action, uh, an action RPG. Um, cool. Best adaptation went to The Last of Us on HBO.
0: I think that that's I, pretty. I don't know. I ex I expected it, but I was still rooting for Mario. You know, and like was- I love Last. I love Last of Us. Like it yeah. was so good. But, like, I don't know. I was kind of hoping it would be Mario.
1: Yeah, it's same. I I I, I voted for Mario when, when I voted for this stuff. So, um, as much as, like, The Last of Us is incredible. Um, the Last of Us is going to go... This is going to sound terrible after everything that we said about respecting the Game Awards and stuff. The Last of Us is going to win a bunch of real awards. <laughs> like, The Last of Us is going to win Golden Globes yeah. and Emmys, right? So, like... To me, it's like you know, I don't think that Mario is gonna win uh, no. best animated feature. Uh, you know why? Because Wish is gonna win, even though Wish is not a good movie by all accounts. But the Academy just votes for whatever the Disney movie is. Mm. Like that's all that, they just vote for the Disney movie. So it's, that's a whole other thing. Mutant Mayhem not being nominated for for I uh, I the the um, Golden Globe for best animated feature. <laughs> Just Wait, it's like, not even it, nominated it's not even nominated it's not even uh, nominated it dude it's a it's a travesty like like that is offensive to me because it is not <laughs> just one of the best animated movies of the year in a year with some very good animated movies i think mutant mayhem is one of the best movies of the year um for me like mutant mayhem was fantastic it so exceeded my expectations um yeah uh, ongoing game went to Cyberpunk 2077, which is awesome. That's great for for Cyberpunk. A uh, uh, nice come from behind victory on that one, um, but that's the point of the ongoing game award. Is like, hey, this like they're continuing to improve this game, mm-hmm. and they've built it up from you know a a, a a pretty shabby launch into what, for all intents and purposes, a very solid game now. So um, yeah, but hey, that's. <laughs> par for the course for cd project red uh that's kind of their whole deal um player's voice which i guess is like 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 the one that we all voted for was baldur's gate three and then game of the year goes to to baldur's gate three now there there's there are awards missing from this list because yeah because there was
0: there was one i was waiting for you to weigh in on very specific one
1: I, I, cause, cause best performance mm-hmm. went to, um, to, to the actor from Baldur's Gate 3, which like, um, I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3 yet cause right. it's too expensive. So, uh, like it's a, it's a hundred dollars for the base game in Canada. I like 92 something. And it's like, I'm not, I can't, I cannot afford to pay that much money for something that's going to distract me from working. Um, but uh, when it goes on sale, I'll eventually I'll, I'll buy yeah. it. But um, yeah, I I I mean, like you and I, I think are both in the camp that Ben Starr deserved yeah. uh, deserved acknowledgement for uh, an amazing breakout performance in Final Fantasy sixteen as Clive Ross uh, uh, Rossfield. Uh, he like to me that game is only as strong as it is. Go listen to our perfect 10. If you want to hear us talk at length about final fantasy 16, that game is only as strong as it is on the backs of the performances. Mm. Um, I, I think without that, the story is fine. It's a very good story. I like it. It's a final fantasy story. I, I think, I think it does well enough. Um, but to me, it is, it is the, the, um, the pathos and uh, emotion that, that the actors put into it, Ben star first and foremost, that really makes it stand out in the final fantasy franchise to me. Um, and, and yeah, I, I feel like he deserved acknowledgement for that. I think that he deserved the win, especially as like Ben star coming out of nowhere. Right. Like I'd never heard of him before. And then here he is this character and like, he has skyrocketed to my favorite Final Fantasy protagonist. That's that's a big deal for me. Um, so I look at it and go like, ah, yeah, I think that he deserved it. But, you know, it is what it is. Everybody's in love with Baldur's Gate, which which yeah. makes me want to just be grumpy and hate it. But I'm sure I mean, they have good
0: I mean, me reason. too, especially because I haven't played it either. So it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, Baldur's Gate wouldn't stupid. But like... I'm sure it's great, and I'm sure I will like it because I like D and D. And before yeah. the game awards, I already wanted to play it, but it's, I'm in the same boat where I'm like, ah, I'm gonna wait for a price drop." But yeah, um, I mean, I'm happy that Final Fantasy 16 at least was acknowledged for its score.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that was pretty great. Um, but yeah, this kind of goes back to what I was saying before. I wish there were. Not better categories, but just more. Like there was more focus on the award, because like best supporting actors, like yeah, you know what I mean. Like th- there's just so many things that could be acknowledged and appreciated, because it's not just a leads performance. There's so many pe- like actors that go into these games, and it's just like it sucks that it's yeah five people for the year. Okay,
1: well I mean like like let's let's use let's use um I I. Jedi Survivor is a great example where it's like I don't necessarily think that um that Cameron Monaghan deserves to win best uh, best performance, right? But mm-hmm. if there was a best actor, best actress, I do think that yeah. Tina Ivela deserved yeah. deserved a, a win for her performance as Marin mm-hmm. in Jedi Survivor because mm-hmm. I think that she crushed it she
0: awesome, in huh?
1: that story like she, her performance is phenomenal. It's fantastic. I so yeah, like, like I, I agree with you a hundred percent, um, having best actor, best actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, I think would be like, it would be so great for, for the awards. Um, I also think that like in a, in a, in a field, like, like video games, um, there are performances that are different from. You know, like I, I would, I would take the opportunity to acknowledge like best narration in a game, yeah. right? Because there are yeah. a lot of games that have incredible performances that are, the the character is not an on-screen character, mm-hmm. right? Um, just because of the way that, that a game is structured, and I think that that's something that you could acknowledge as well, right? But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. There's a whole there's a whole performance and voice acting aspect of things that's like having having one award for all of that seems like a missed opportunity more than anything mm-hmm. but, yeah um, were there any other mm-hmm. awards that they, that we've glossed over there, that weren't in this list it looked like a comprehensive a, list and then I read there was a
0: racing stopped. one right but yeah, I don't really care yeah. about racing um, <laughs> I kind of wish they did one on like puzzles like best puzzle design stuff like that because there are a lot of puzzle games other than Zelda you know what I
1: mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, they, they, I think that there's opportunity for them to expand this out a little bit more. Yeah. But let's uh, let's uh, uh, we were gonna do a tight hour, and we're now over an hour. So let's get into our our games of the year really quick. Let me do mine because mine are gonna be real fast.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> I for me, it it is. Is wild spider-man was totally snubbed yet again it got <laughs> the first one got snubbed uh, miles yeah. morales got snubbed and and mm-hmm. then and then this also got snubbed uh spider-man 2 um spider-man 2 is 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 for me i think best story like if if you if you want to give an, an award for best story i would give it to spider-man 2 um, I think that they just absolutely knocked it out of the park with the story for that game again, <laughs> go listen, we've got a perfect 10 for that one as well. Um, we did, we, 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 we had to get creative during the strike. And so Joe and I talked about a lot of video games, but I, I, uh, even though that one technically came out after the strike, we didn't have to, but we were already committed. So, um, but yeah, Spider-Man 2 definitely deserves uh, some sort of acknowledgement for, for the writing, uh, I think. And then performances are also great, but I really think that it stands out in terms of writing in terms of having like a very um, solid, concise, easy to follow uh, impactful storyline. Yeah. I, I, and then, yeah, like, like indie game slash RPG I'd give to sea of stars, hands down um I, I i just think it was such an achievement with that game with the team that they have um uh, producing something that feels at once so familiar to like chrono trigger final fantasy six to that era and yet like all of the modern um sort of rpg conveniences that we would expect um yeah really, really kind of really pushes that genre forward i think um in a great way and with such a small team. I mean like they won indie game of the year for a reason. So um and then and then I will acknowledge Jedi Survivor is one of my favorite games of the year. But but I don't think it quite hit the level that these other ones have. I Zelda I don't know, best Zelda game of the year? I, I don't know, man. Like like it's a Zelda game. It's like <laughs> it was just more of Breath of the Wild, which is not even remotely a complaint, but it was also for me, um I'm ready for I don't know that people kind of want a third, like they want it to be a trilogy. But I'm actually ready for Zelda to move on to the next thing, yeah. um, and and for I would really really love to see a Zelda game get really really tight with the narrative, and for Link to speak in the next game. That's super important to me. Um, I I want a fully voice acted game that actually engages me with the story and isn't about the like go wander around right. I love that it's it's fantastic, but um, but I I really want to see them take what they've done they've learned from breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom and uh and tell a really really good story um not that i didn't you know shed a couple of tears while playing tears of the kingdom as well but I I and I, I let me see what am I am I missing anything at this point that's been a big game of the year um Fortnite in the at, at like right at the buzzer coming in with Lego Fortnite and and um uh the festival and rocket racing and all this stuff that they've done to expand that platform I I'm like I just like it's awesome I love it I I want to go play that game right now um, and by that game, I mean, any of like regular Fortnite battle Royale, Lego, any of but Lego Fortnite is so good. It makes me so happy that it exists as a thing. Um, and I can't wait to see what, how they build on it and, uh, uh, pun intended on that one for sure. But I, I, yeah, it, it is just, it's a, it's a match made in heaven, um, for me as a, as a. Uh, a fan of Lego and star Wars and Marvel and DC and all of this, I was like, well, I can have these characters in a Lego game that is actually focused on building and exploration. Like I, as a Minecraft fan, it's like, yeah, I'm, I am in, I am so sold on that. <laughs> so I, uh, so that's my multiplayer game of the year, but uh, but my game of the year above all is final fantasy 16 because final fantasy 16, not only stands out, as my favorite gaming experience of this year, it also um, stands out. It's, it is my favorite Final Fantasy game, which as I talk about a lot on Perfect 10, is a massive, massive deal to me because um, uh, Final Fantasy VIII is a very important and special game to me. But 16, yeah. I can't believe that in all of the conversations that we've had about 16, I have not brought up the fact that 16 is my lucky number. No really, <laughs> um, yeah. Because of Trevor Linden, whose number is sixteen, and sixteen was the number that I wanted when I was playing hockey. But I had to settle for seventeen because the coach's son wanted sixteen because of mm. Trevor Linden. Trevor Linden is my favorite hockey player. Um, so, like, since I I was a kid, sixteen is like that's my number. Um, and so, Final Fantasy sixteen being my favorite Final Fantasy game, it's like I don't know how I didn't put it together sooner but like i literally only like two weeks ago was like wait a second wait a second and it was like the like 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 all of the things clicked into place i was like i played hours and hours and hours of this game and loved it and didn't think about the fact that it is the 16th entry uh in a franchise that i love and that 16 is my lucky number but whatever um it is also it it was it occurred to me when it was pointed out to Ben Star, because eight is his favorite. He can't say sixteen because he's in it. So eight is his favorite Final Fantasy game, It's the first one that he played, um, and that sixteen is double eight. <laughs> so, and I said, I've said a ton that like sixteen feels to me most li- like like the um, spiritual sequel to eight, and and Clive is is a better version of Squall. Like that's to me, that character <laughs> is just like, Jeez. he is, he is like, you take Squall and then you go like, what can we do now with modern storytelling and, and sensibilities in gaming? Um, and, and that's absolutely what you end up with. So um, yeah. So it, it like, like final fantasy 16 was it. it came at a very important time for me. Uh, I was very, I, I, Talking about it and experiencing it and stuff like that is like stressful, rough point in my life Um and has like left a mark on mm-hmm. me in a way that those other games that I've talked about that as much as I love them and they're great games, ha- they they have not like left an indelible mark on my soul, which I which Final <laughs> Fantasy 16 has. So, um, and there's nothing rational about that. It is not that it is the best game that came out this year. There is a, there was something in that game that connected with me on a level that goes beyond gaming, movies, media, whatever, that it is just like, oh, this was made for me. Like this game was made for me. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's it is, it's difficult for me to actually put into words as much as we have spent a lot of time this year talking about it. Um, All of that time has been like me futilely grasping at, at the words to express how important the game has been. Um, So yeah, that that's been my year in gaming.
0: Nice full year. Yeah. Uh, How about you? Short games. Um, Okay. So I'm going to cheat a little bit. I will also be doing rapid fire, but I'm going to include, Um, so I'm going to shout out any game that I gave a nine or higher because I did score everything after I finished them out of 10 and, uh, they don't just think like they're not games that just came out this year, but there's, there's not too many that didn't come out this year. Um, but one of them that I don't believe came out this year is, uh, called Poi. It is an indie game and it is basically a tight little short collect-a-thon, like kind of akin to Banjo-Kazooie, Mario 64, all those types of games. P-O-I. Little sweet little indie game, really really fun. I gave it a nine out of ten. Uh, really really loved it. Uh, let's see what else is a nine. Octopath Traveler two. If you love Octopath Traveler, if you like all that old school Final Fantasy six Chrono Trigger type, um, you know turn based combat JRPGs. Uh, it, it's it's in two point five D. Visually really pleasing to me um so it looks like it's that 16-bit graphics but with these like kind of like modern Mm. uh lighting effects and stuff like that i love octopath traveler it's one of my favorite jrpgs of all time octopath traveler 2 while i don't think the narrative is as strong as the first one uh i do think it does a lot better uh it it takes what the first game did and improves on a lot of those things so that is my jrpg of the year um uh, no, uh, rather my turn-based combat, <laughs> JRPG of the Year. Uh, okay, let's see. Jedi Survivor, obviously amazing. I don't remember if you touched on it at any point, but I'm pretty sure we did other than talking about Marin. But, I mean, everybody knows that we love Jedi Survivor. Um, Final Fantasy 16, that's my favorite action JRPG of the Year. No question there. Uh, Tiny Kin is my favorite indie game of the year. I don't know if you are familiar with Tiny Kin. It's basically... Um, pikmin but for platforming and puzzle solving i could not put this game down it was maybe six or seven hours long for me maybe a little bit longer than that it was dude it was so good it was so fun and it's very in the same similar vein as pikmin is you're in this like you're really you're this like tiny creature you have these like little friends that help you out and do things but like Similar to Pikmin, how each Pikmin does a different thing, the Tiny Kin also do different things. And my favorite one were the Tiny Kins that you stack on top of each other and you basically use them as a ladder. So now mm-hmm. you're able to platform higher and get to higher places that you could not before. So much fun. I love collect a thons. So this was like another like really awesome Collect a Thon indie platformer surprise. Does it uh, does
1: it have the stress of Pikmin where you're being like no sort of graded and they can be
0: killed by giant monsters and stuff no and that's why i love there's i don't i don't think there are any i'm pretty sure there were no enemies in that game it was all about collecting and no time limit it was like stress-free pikmin it was so fun and platforming so it was just like perfect because like that's the thing pikmin 4 is actually my favorite one of my uh I mean, really, one of the only R- ROTSs of the year that I played this year, other than Pikmin 1, 2 and 3, which I played for the first time this year. Um But Pikmin Four was amazing and I love it, but like that stress of the time limit yeah.
1: always freaks
0: me out. Yeah, I
1: can't I can't do it. I can't play Pikmin yeah. games for that reason. Yeah. I played it's... the first Pikmin and I was like, this is a great game. I do not have fun playing this.
0: I Yeah, because I I had played through half of the first one, and then I was talking to Tina a little bit about it, because Pikmin is one of her favorite Nintendo franchises. Mm -hmm. So what we ended up doing is we did any of the Pikmin games that had co-op, we played the co-op together, and then anything that didn't, we would just kind of like trade off the controller. But what was cool about Pikmin 4 was uh, it's a little bit more like Mario Galaxy, where Player 2 is just kind of playing support. Like, there's no real danger to player two. It's just player one is the person who, you know, is controlling the Pikmin and, and you know, the the Olimar-type character. Yeah. Um, And player two is kind of like the little annoying sibling. But I was happy to do that because I don't like the stress of Pikmin. So I was helping with the support stuff all through Pikmin 4, but I was also discussing with Tina's strategy. So for me, Pikmin 4 was probably the most fun I ever had playing a Pikmin game. So that's definitely up there for me. Um, Spider-Man 2, we spoke about ad nauseum. Uh, Final Fantasy 16, we, we spoke ad nauseum. I think uh, the last one, for me, my actual game of the year, no surprise, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I, I agree with most people's assessment on that game where it's Breath of the Wild, but more. But I, I also think that I give this game a lot of kudos because Breath of the Wild was, okay, you're in this world. Here's some tools. Figure it out. Right, mm. So, like I agree. like i I miss the structure of like the next dungeon and getting the next item and using that item through that dungeon and learning how to use that item efficiently through that dungeon and then mastering it by the time you finish the boss fight. like I love that stuff. i I love the linear Zeldas Zeldas. <laughs> I call it Zelda with Tina to be obnoxious. <laughs> um i love I love the linear story focused Zeldas a lot, but something about this new format, I just think feels, um, I don't want to say intuitive, it just feels like the natural progression for me. Mm-hmm. And what I love about Breath of the Wild is, and I've said this before, someone on Reddit had had basically described Breath of the Wild as the tech demo, and then you know the actual putting everything in practice with Tears of the Kingdom. And I love that Tears of the Kingdom took everything from Breath of the Wild, and they leaned into the aspect of the game where you can solve puzzles however you want. You can be as creative as you want, or you can just, you don't have to take the scenic route. You can just take the straight line and figure it out the the serious quick way. You can do the silly fun way. You can do the, I'm curious if this is going to work way. You can abuse the physics. And Mm. I love how the physics work in these games, especially Tears of the Kingdom. And I love that they just give you, more to play with because in the first game it was you know a few of those i think that were they runes in the first game i forget what they were called um all, yeah. all the stuff that you were kind of given with the sheikah <laughs> slate off the bat but then as you go on you you're unlocking different parts that you can put in your inventory and like build different things and it it almost became the game that banjo kazooie nuts and bolt wanted to be
1: like oh, they took
0: sure. right because i like i love banjo kazooie and i wanted to love nuts and bolts but it just like didn't quite land for me and i was worried when i saw the trailers for this game once i realized that oh there's going to be that very important aspect to it that you're going to have to build your way through solving puzzles and i never thought it was going to click for me as well as it did and it just the whole time i just felt like nintendo was letting me be as creative as i wanted to be yeah to solve problems
1: that's the difference there right is that nuts and bolts had prescribed solutions mm-hmm. and you were trying to get as close as possible it's like it's like um I, in theory i love bridge builder games right mm-hmm. like 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 bridge constructor right um but then whenever i'm playing them i get so frustrated because i it's always like well you guys have built the physics engine in a way that is so strict that there is only one, there's only one actual solution to this. Now, like I can over engineer a solution and maybe eek through this level, but mm. you want me to do, you actually want me to do a specific thing. And if you're going to give me a physics playground, don't do that. Yeah. Right. Give me yeah. a physics playground and let me yeah. play. Right. And that's why I think that's what tears of the kingdom and breath of the wild both managed to do so, so well. Yeah um is that is that like they just went like here look these are the tools and yes yeah, some of these some of these have very specific solutions to them but for the most part especially tears of the kingdom it's like listen this whole like underground subterranean area it's up to you <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> figure it figure out figure it out idiot
1: <laughs> um and and so like yeah like like exploring that to me i think was the my highlight of that game um what was exploring the underground because it was just like what's the best way what are the best ways for me to get across this but then just seeing seeing the incredible ingenuity that people had people building like gundams and like i mean it was wild at the peak of that game on tiktok seeing what people were doing
0: um that was a big part of it too right like being kind of like being on the ground floor for this like weird phenomenon that was going on and just like. Really appreciating what people were doing. Um, But, you know, to your point about classic linear story driven Zelda, I I think that there's no reason that we shouldn't be getting both. And I don't mean for a mainline Zelda. I mean, like, let the big Zelda team do the really, really big, crazy open world stuff. Yeah. and like there's always been a second zelda team right and not even just yeah. Grezzo handling a lot of the ports like when when wii u and we and switch were doing the mainline zeldas there were the smaller teams working on the 3ds zeldas that were like yeah really good like link between worlds is an amazing linear well kind of linear game but you know what i mean like there's no reason yep. we shouldn't be getting, like, our giant Zelda games and our tighter-focused Zelda games. Just like how we're getting, you know, we get Mario Odyssey, but we also get uh, uh, Mario Wonder. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're two totally. separate teams working on two totally. different things. There's no reason we shouldn't be getting both. Yeah. I think what I'd like to see
1: from Zelda is a little bit more, like, of a, of a continuity. Like, in the way mm-hmm. that we got with, like, Wind Waker to... to phantom hourglass to spirit tracks we had there was a little yeah. bit of like a like a through line there and and obviously yeah. ocarina and majora's mask right there there's there's stuff there so like yeah i would love to see what you're talking about it was like i don't know why we're not seeing more sprite based i feel the same way about pokemon where it's like they keep making these pokemon games bigger and harder to manage from a from a development standpoint um And especially on the hardware that they're working with, it's like, I really don't feel like Scarlet and Violet were fantastic games. I loved the hell out of those games. Um, Like I I played so much of Scarlet. I, I, one of my favorite games last year for sure, but it didn't, it's, you're not utilizing the hardware to the best of its capability. And I look at, I saw a picture of a guy, uh, it's just like something on Instagram or whatever. Like uh, this ancient picture of somebody, like there's their, their wife is in the background out of focus, um, clearly in labor, giving birth, and with like this upset look on her face, looking at the at the person taking the picture, and he's holding up his Game Boy Advance Micro <laughs>
0: with
1: with one of the Pokemon games on it, right? One of the Game Boy Advance Pokemon games. And I'm looking at it, I'm like that little tiny screen, that little tiny device. And that game still like visually sings because those (laughs) little sprites like that, just like, like there's an art to it. And, and I think sea of stars really like kind of pointed this out this year of like, and, and, and games like Octopath traveler, although they're doing something slightly different, but like sea of stars really made the case for like, why are you guys not just making 2d Zelda games? Like just like, just make sprite based 2d Zelda games. It, it it would be so much easier to just build one engine and just stick with that engine. It's like, um, I Link's Awakening, and um, I what was the other one? Because they they did it was like Link's Awakening is like a completely new aesthetic, and they had just done something else before that. Where uh, another another remake? No, maybe just maybe I'm just thinking because I I love Link Between Worlds so much, and it's like I don't understand why we don't just run that aesthetic like like why yeah. can't we just stick with this why do we need to now make them look like toys or whatever it's like and link link's awakening on the switch is a beautiful game and i love it but um i but yeah like i, I don't know i just look at it and i go like can we not just like i kind of miss like like when they gave it to capcom and capcom made the oracle oh, man, seasons and oracle those ages, games are awesome which are both so good yeah, like do something like wonderful. that right like like let some other let some other uh, dev make a bunch of Zelda games in the formula because like the formula so like that's all I, like I don't it actually doesn't need to be revolutionary every time right. you don't need to change it up on me every time Right. I would love for the formula to stay consistent and for the story to be the focus to really have like a a, a almost like an episodic Zelda sort of thing going on and then you're right like that you can also then have like the big every every you know uh uh four to ten years uh open world gigantic we're gonna do crazy new yeah, things with for the sure. franchise installment like uh you're right we can have both things there's no reason why we can't but
0: especially because yeah. there were teams <laughs> like they had teams designated yeah. for for both like yeah it's weird it's weird that we're not getting that anymore just because 3ds is gone like yeah what are those guys doing then it's the
1: fact it's the fact that everything is Switch now right where it's like so we see games we see games come out that it's like well clearly link's awakening was like a handheld idea and that was
0: grezzo though wasn't it like wasn't that because like that's a that's a third-party studio that has been working on was it of course yeah because ocarina of time 3d uh majora's mass 3d Link's Awakening. I'm pretty sure they did, but then didn't they also do? Um, they did another Zelda. I don't think they. I don't think they did Skyward Sword, HD. But I feel like they did one other Zelda. Maybe it was a Triforce Heroes on 3ds. I don't know. I'm not <clears> sure. <throat> but like those are their. Hey, just do the remakes, team, and yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, work yeah. on the new games. Like there were three Zelda teams, including Grezzo. So, what's everybody doing right now? <laughs> the main Zelda team. I don't know. I'm certainly not complaining because I'm just I'm just excited for more Zelda. I just want more Zelda. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, cool. It, was that the end of your list? Yeah, I, that that was it. That was I saved the okay.
1: list. Cool, awesome. Well, uh, that, that's it then. I, I, yeah, I told you that we've been doing an hour and it's been an hour and a half. So okay. we'll wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoy this new format, the return of the Thunderquack podcast. Um, in January, I don't know what it's going to be yet. I have to, I have to say, man, it's so tough because like our anniversary of when we launched Thunderquack and launched the Patreon. Is like the first week of January, which is also Crystal's birthday, and hot on the heels of Christmas and New Year's. So, um, as much as I would love to do what I want to do for the anniversary of Thunderquack, because it'll be it'll be eight or nine years, I can't I can't remember. I have to I have to look at it. But um, in either late January or early February, we are gonna do something basically like a pledge drive type thing. Um And uh, yeah, so stay tuned for, for something with that. When, like I obviously follow us on social media, follow us in all the places you can, you can now go and you can actually like follow a Patreon without subscribing to it. Um If so, for people who don't know that, so you can go do that and, and actually like use the Patreon app to get, this podcast as well as perfect 10 and, um, and Force perspectives. But, uh, but I think what I like, what I want to do is like a sort of all day live podcast stream where, where we, uh, we'll have like everybody from all of the different shows, like everybody will sort of have a shift. Um, and, and we'll just, we're just going to podcast for like, I don't know, like ten ten 10 or 12 hours straight or something like that. Um, and we'll have some goals and stuff like that, where if we can get people pledging on Patreon, um, to, uh, I, you know, get to a certain point, um, and, and we'll have, we'll have like bonus episodes that we'll record and stuff like that. Um, stretch goals, basically. I, uh, so look forward to news about that. Um, coming probably by the end of this month but if not like like the first couple of weeks of of january i'll let everybody know what that's going to be and when that's going to be um it's just a matter of coordinating with everybody in Thunderquack, which is not as easy as it sounds um uh, even though we're not that big of a network the problem is that we're all over the place and we all have different levels of commitment to uh to podcasting so um i i but yeah I, and 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 I mean like there's a big question of one of our shows uh, the Riverdale gang Riverdale's done and I haven't talked to, to to Ryan and Chloe about whether or not they're doing anything else so I, I stuff like that but um yeah we'll we'll have something to announce for that probably it looks I'll probably figure out something to announce like around Christmas Day sort of thing um, but sometime between Christmas and New Year's I think'll I'll have a a better idea of what that's going to be and what that's going to look like. So, um, so stay tuned for that. And, uh, and, and thank you guys for listening. Thank you for, for joining us for this one. Thank you for coming back for those of you who, <laughs> if you're still subscribed to this feed after the basically year and a half, of no, no podcasts on it. Um, thanks for sticking around. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, we've been doing lots of stuff in the meantime, just not the Thundercrack podcast. So uh, go check out Force Perspectives. Go check out Rebel Cells, uh, and uh, and if you haven't Perfect Ten, um, it has some great great episodes um, of oh, some really really cool stuff. And we got some good stuff planned for the next little bit. C- uh, our Christmas episode coming out later this month is going to be Batman Returns with me and Danielle. Um, uh, so look forward to that one. That one will be out on Christmas Day and as a Christmas gift to everybody it's going out early for everyone, not just for Patreon supporters, but for everybody, um, on, on Christmas day itself. So, uh, so look forward to that. We've already recorded it. So I, I, I won't miss the date. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) We won't uh, be scrambling at the last second, but, but yeah, that's it. I'll be back next week with an episode of off the record, which is the exclusive thundercrack podcast over on Patreon. Um, and I'll be talking in depth about Godzilla I'll uh, I'll do full spoiler review of minus one, um, and I'll talk about the monster verse stuff, uh, including Monarch and uh, I. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get deep into I'm gonna get deep into my my Godzilla uh, <laughs> feelings on that one. So if that sounds like fun, head over to Patreon.com/thunderquack and support us there, uh, and uh, and you'll be able to get access to that exclusive podcast only available there. Um, Awesome. And you can get this podcast early by by subscribing on Patreon. <coughs> uh, that is it for this month's Thunderquack podcast episode. Thank you, Joe, for joining me, and we will catch you guys on the next episode. Bye guys. <laughs>